This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Hi there, City on Hill family. Thank you so much that you and I get to spend some time together. I'm sure that if you are maybe close to a building, I'm sure that you are able to celebrate and worship with your family. And if you're not in a, in a building, I want to ask you, talk to us, see how we can maybe find you a community that you can be planted in. This is what the series is all about, is for us to be planted for the display of God's splendor. It says in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3, that we are the planting of the Lord so that He may be glorified, so that His splendor, His glory can be revealed in and through our lives. I'm so excited about how, what God is doing with us. I'm so thankful that we can partner with one another even though we might not even be in the same city together, might not even be on the same continent, but we can be in faith together. We can be in, in the mission of God together and we can be part of what God is doing. Last week we started, we spoke about the mission of God and today we're going to be touching on these eternal investments that we get to make. Remember we spoke about last week how Rick Warren says, he says that the way you make eternal investments is by investing in getting people there. The way you store up treasures in heaven is invest in getting people to heaven. And so today I'm going to talk to you about this reality of, of, of making these eternal investments that outlive your life, investments that will outlast you, making an investment today that will, that will literally make a difference beyond your lifetime today. And I'm so excited about sharing this message. So can I pray for us and we're going to get into God's word. Father, I want to thank you today that even as we get into your word, that you'll minister to us, that you'll touch every single person watching. And I pray that those that are not yet connected to a local church, that you'll bring them into local family. And those that are connected, that you'll give us ways and, and opportunities to celebrate with our family in Jesus' mighty name. Bless this word by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, so I'm so delighted to be able to get into God's Word with you today. And I want to talk to you today about making an investment in the field that God has placed you in. Now, remember what happened with, with, with Isaac when he faced the famine in Genesis 26. Remember what happened. He, he sowed in that land. So he found himself with a field. He found himself in a specific land, in a specific environment. And then God said to him, you need to sow in this environment. While you live here, while you are here, invest in this field. Sow in this field. And then that same year he returned, he experienced, he had a hundredfold return on his investment. I believe Jesus said this. He says, no one that has left um, houses or lands or, or mother or brother or family, no one that's left these things in this life will not, will, 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 will not receive an eternal inheritance that's stored up in heaven. And then he says a hundredfold. He says a hundredfold, Jesus promises, and in the life to, uh, this, this life and in the life to come. Friends, Maria and I have experienced the privilege of being able to do that, and many of you are very much part of that investment and that inheritance. And what I want to share today is the fact that you and I can invest in the field that God has placed us in. Friends, as long as God's got you in a field, I want to ask you to be planted, be rooted so that you can bloom where you are planted, that you can bear fruit where you are planted. And if God's planted you at City on Hill Church, I want to ask you to invest, to sow in that field. Now, you might say, field, Mark, what is a field? The Bible speaks about a field quite, uh, quite uh, significantly in a very special way. And I, I want to touch on this today because I do believe that we miss this. And we miss the fact that we are God's field and that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And God puts us 
amongst the field. God puts us in a field, and his church, a local church, is often like a field. And it says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, Jesus speaking about the kingdom, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a field. And I believe that he's, he's using this parable, but he's trying to teach us a deeper truth. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Sorry, it's not a field, it's like a treasure hidden in a field, which, is, which a man found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now watch this. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in a field. It's not the field, it's the treasure hidden in the field. And we know that Jesus Christ is the king of the, of the kingdom, and so he's the greatest treasure. He's the pearl of great price. But he says, this treasure, this treasure is hidden in a field. And so often what happens is people want to get the treasure... And yes, we need to focus on the treasure. That's the king and the kingdom. But they often feel like they don't want the field. They just want the treasure. But Jesus says, he says, when you discover Jesus, when you discover the king and the kingdom, what you do is you buy the field. And then when you buy the field, you get the king and the kingdom. Isn't that amazing? And so he says, what you need to do is you don't buy the, you can never afford the king. You can never afford the kingdom. But there's a price to pay to be able to take hold of the, of, of the field. There's a small price that you pay to take hold of the field, but you can never earn or, or get your salvation. You can never earn your salvation. You can never pay for the kingdom of God. But God is saying he's, it's, it's a sacrifice that comes with being part of the field. And it says in the New Testament calls us God's field. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, it says, for we are God's fellow workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. He says we're a field and we were building. Now, one Peter, Peter speaks about us as living stones being built together, built up together for the glory of God. So we are these living stones. These the stones, it's amazing how stones are not man-made. They're not bricks. Bricks are man-made. Stones are God-made. <laughs> it's amazing. Stones are not all the same shapes, not all the same sizes. Stones have little sharp edges. Stones are not smooth. All of them are not like very smooth all, the, all, all around like a brick might be. But stones built together for the glory of God. A stone wall looks amazing because every single brick or every single stone has to be put in the specific place. It has to be placed with care and with purpose. And when they're built together, God gets glorified and God inhabits these, these people. He inhabits that building, that building of God. We are the, Christ is the cornerstone. We build around Christ and we build together. But he says we're not only a building, we're also a field. And in this field, there's the treasure of the kingdom. And Jesus Christ is the king of that amazing kingdom. Friends, it's amazing how a local church is an opportunity for you and me in order to take hold of more of the kingdom. It's a vehicle, it's a vessel, it's a field in which we take hold of the king and the kingdom. It's a field that God uses. It's God's chosen vessel that you and I can invest in. And so as you plow and as you sow into the field of the local church, you're sowing into taking hold of the kingdom of God. You're taking hold of some of the things that God has unlocked and that God's wanting to do in and through your life. Rick Warren says that generosity is love in action. See, so friends, when you and I sow, when we sow financially, when we sow with praise, when we sow with our service, when we sow with our love, when we sow with our care, when we sow, when we are generous within the, we're among the people of God, when we are giving to the people of God, like it says in Acts chapter 2, uh, we see how they were, they were sharing what they had with one another, with glad and sincere hearts. They were sharing with one another. They were sharing their possessions and their, and, and their resources with one another. We see how it says in Galatians chapter 6 uh, that Paul says, he says we need to do good, especially to those of the household of faith. God wants us to prioritize the household of faith. 
God wants us to prioritize his field, his building, that he's building together. And so, friends, when we neglect the house of God, it's amazing how we neglect something of the heart of God. Because God's heart is for his house to be healthy, for his house to carry his glory, for his house to have abundance, for his house to be healthy. And he says, generosity is love in action. That's what Rick Warren says. And so you might say, but Mark, how on earth am I going to do this? It's so difficult. And I want to give you the secret. Can I give you the secret? Many people are like, yes, I need the secret. The secret to us building and being generous and being able to give into the field of God and, and sowing into the, into the work of God and into the, the local church that's a vessel, just a vessel for the kingdom of God to come. The secret to that is, I believe, found through the church in Macedonia. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, it says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. He says, In the midst of their very severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled, welled up in rich generosity. So they became extra generous even though they were extra challenged. They were extra persecuted, but they were extra generous. It says in verse 3, it says, For I testify that they gave us as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Friends, this is what I love about City on a Hill, is we've been able to give not only within our ability, but beyond our ability. It says, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord. They pleaded for the privilege. See, friends, what I believe, I believe that God plants us in a local church. He plants us in a field. And part of Him planting us there is Him giving us an opportunity to be generous, to live free from the love of money, to be generous, to be able to give, to be able to share, to be able to not only give our tithes, but also to give offerings. Not only just to give financially, but to give of our time, to give of our talents, to give of our expertise, to give of our energy, to give some of our love, to open our homes to one another, is to be generous. It's amazing how when you are generous, when you're looking out, you grow, you get free from yourself, and you get to become more like Christ, because that's the heart of God. It's amazing. They urgently pleaded for the opportunity. A local church is God's, God giving you and me an opportunity. If you're part of a local church, it's God giving you an opportunity to be generous. It's God saying, and I've given you a field that you can sow in, a fruitful, fertile field. Friends, like the sower that sowed the seeds. Remember, he sowed the seeds and some was on the wayside and some fallen on, among rocky ground, but then some fell in fruitful ground. And I believe we need to find local, a local church where we believe that it's fruitful ground and then we need to invest in that local church. One, one man once said, he said, find a local church, pour your life into it and your life will never be the same Again, it says in verse 5, it says, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave, watch this, the secret to being able to do this. Do you want to hear the secret? They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord. See, friends, the key, the reason why people struggle to invest in a local church, the reason why they struggle to give financially and to give of their time and their talents and their treasures into a local church. You know why? Because they struggle to give themselves to the Lord. I'll tell you today that if you can look at your checkbook and you look at how generous you are, it's a direct connection to how much you've given yourself to the Lord. And I'm not just talking about money, friends. I'm looking, look at your diary, look at your time spent. How much we've given ourselves to the Lord it will overflow in the way we give to His church and to those that, that are in need beyond the church. I believe God wants us right now, even as you're watching, that you right now say, God, I want to give myself to you first. First, I want to give myself to you and then overflow to others because everything flows from giving ourselves to God first. They said they gave themselves to the first of the Lord and then by the will of God to 
us. They gave themselves first to God and then to the mission. If you give yourself to the mission first and not to God first, you know what will happen? You'll start becoming angry with the mission. People have sometimes given to the church first and they don't give to God, but they give to the church. So they say, ah, now I'm giving to the pastor, I'm giving to this ministry. And then they're not keeping their eyes on Jesus, friends. That's one way of getting a hard heart. And that's one way of losing the blessing and the favor of the generosity that God's got for you. Give yourself to Jesus and overflow from that place into generosity. So we urge Titus that he had made, um, earlier had made a beginning to bring also the completion to this act of grace on your part. So he's saying not only the Macedonians, he says, based on their, their generosity, I want you to be generous as well. Church in Corinth, he's writing to a local church, and he says, but since you excel in everything, since you excel in faith, yes, we want to excel in faith, since you excel in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, See also, see that it, you also excel in this grace of giving. God wants us to excel in the grace of giving. God wants us to be generous. He wants us to tithe. He wants us to give. Why, friends? So that we can live free from this stuff. We can live eternal lives. The investments we make today will outlive us, will outlast us, friends. Marie and I, we, we, we so badly would have, would have wanted to visit you, to be among, among our family and our friends, we can't wait for the opportunity to come when our visas and everything get sorted out and we can come and visit you to celebrate with you in that building. But we sowed into that building and we might, we, we might not be in that building right now, but, we are, but people's lives are changing in that building. People are getting saved in that building and we get part of it. Even though we might not be there, we get part of it. We are, we are, we, we are still even giving into, into, into City on Hill. Why? We, we get to be part of what God is doing. Even though we might not be in the building, we get to be part of what God is doing in the building. We might not be in the communities, but we get part of what God is doing. As you are serving in the car park, as you're serving um, in the kids' ministry, I want to say this, as you're serving in the music ministry, wherever you're serving, in the hospitality, in, in hosting, Ken and the, and the teams, well done, God. <laughs> God knows, in Jesus' name. And then he says this, he says, I'm not commanding you. Friends, we should never, ever give because we have to. God doesn't command us. He says, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. He's saying our love needs to be sincere. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is where the strength comes from. He says, by our, our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich, friends when we focus on Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, when we keep our eyes on the price that he paid, when we keep our eyes on the generosity of Jesus in our lives, it sets us free from our selfishness and it empowers us to be rich, to be rich in good deeds. That's what Paul says. He says, we should not, in 1 Timothy 6, he says, we should not be selfish, but we should be rich in good deeds. Rick Warren said this. He says, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Love will always give. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Love gives. And when you and I love, when we experience the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we experience his love, we abound in giving. In Luke chapter 12, we read about this parable of how Jesus speaks about this amazing parable of what happened with this rich man and, and literally had barns and and he filled his barns up and he said, wow, I've got so much and let me build bigger barns. And he got blessed. He got extra resources. And all he focused on was to get more for himself. So he just built bigger storages for himself. And then Jesus calls him a fool. Because Jesus says, he says, you are only thinking about the temporary. 
man. And he says, tonight your life might be taken away from you. So you might die today. And, and friends, I don't, don't want to be that guy that says, if you die tonight. But call it you die this year, or maybe you die in 20 or 30 years' time. And you've accumulated everything. And now you've got the car you always wanted, and you, you've got the extra uh, heated seats, and you've got the beautiful house, and God's not anti any of that. But could we, could we get to a place where we say, God, I have enough. I'm thankful. I'm content. I want to now overflow in being rich towards God. He says in verse 21, he says, So it is with the one that lays up treasures for himself, and that's not rich towards God. God doesn't want you and me to be a fool. If you're watching with someone, maybe you can tell the person next to you, don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. Jesus calls this man a fool. He says, you're a fool when all you're thinking about is how you can make more room for more stuff for yourself. No, actually, you're very wise when you are saying, God, I want to be, li- be open-handed, gracious. I want to liberally, I wanna, with, with complete freedom, I want to be able to give beyond myself. I want to be able to be part of what you are doing. Friends, these incorruptible crowns become our inheritance, become our portion. And the, the preaching team at City on Hill, they've worked so hard on this. I want to just share these five crowns with you. I'm sure they'll share it with you uh, a little bit more in detail. But it's amazing how when you and I give, it's amazing how we store up for ourselves crowns. We've got crowns that will never fade. We, we can take hold of these crowns that Jesus Christ wants us to be part of. And then these crowns become our worship, our, our offering that brings glory to God for eternity. We use these clouds, crowns. We're going to cast them at the feet of the throne for eternity. We're going to join the elders and we're going to cast these crowns that Jesus gives us. And I'm going to just give you these five crowns quickly just before we're going to close. And now maybe you're watching and you're far from God and you're saying, but Mark, I don't even have a relationship with God and now you're talking to me about giving and investing and sowing into my local church. I'm here to say to you that Jesus Christ gave himself for you, sir. He gave himself for you, uh, uh, ma'am. He gave himself for your life. He gave his life for your life so that you can be free from sin, free from guilt, free from condemnation, and that you can walk in newness of life. And today is your day of salvation. Today is the day to step out of the shadows and into the light. And I want to ask you to reach out to us, to email us, or to, to, to type, to just to comment, to find us on our Facebook. We'd like to love to connect you with a local church so that you can become a follower of Jesus Christ. But if you're close to God, I believe God wants to unlock an eternal inheritance for you. As you buy the field, as you, in, you find yourself buying the field, you might be engaging in some of the, the activities of a local church. May you see the kingdom of God advance. May you take hold of more of the kingdom as you in engaging in the things of, of Jesus Christ through his local church. It's, the first crown is the crown of life. James chapter 1 verse 12 says that, that, that we will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. So when we love God, we receive the crown of life. Je- Revelation chapter 2 verse 10, the end part of it says, Be faithful unto death and I'll, he'll give you the crown of life. There's the crown of eternal life that God wants to give you. This crown will never fade. It's the same. Everyone gets this this reward. Um, I'm telling you today, it's it's like like those workers. Remember when Jesus had those workers, the parable of the workers, and some started working early and some started working late, but they got the same reward. This is that crown of life. We all get the same reward no matter how much. uh, It's not about earning. We can't earn it. It's a gift from God. The second crown I want to touch on is the crown of rejoicing. And this crown speaks about 
winning souls. And, and that's why I love investing and sowing into church plants and into, into evangelism. And I love sowing into nations where people are winning souls. And even the preaching of the gospel, like Ronka them are doing, preaching the gospel, I love sowing into that. And so he speaks about this in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. He says, he says um, you, you are God's glory and you are the, the joy. You are our joy and our hope and our crown. He's saying these people are the, the people that we win for the gospel. They become part of our crown. The third crown that I want to touch on is the imperishable crown. This, um, this crown is one that you and I get through growing in becoming like Christ. And uh, he, says, he says every athlete exercises uh, self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable uh, wreath, which is a crown. But we an imperishable so we do not run aimlessly. So he's saying, as you and I grow in discipleship, as we engage in discipleship of becoming more like Christ, we take hold of this crown that we then can bring, give him glory with. Say, Lord, my whole life I became more like you, and I want to give that to you as an offering of worship and glory and thanks. And then the fourth crown is the crown of righteousness. Wow, isn't that amazing? 2 Timothy chapter 4 speaks about, he says, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on the day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. This crown of righteousness is an eternal crown that you and I will wear for eternity, not because of our good works, but because of his great works. And then the last one is the crown of glory that one Peter, and Peter speaks about this in 1 Peter chapter 5. He says when the chief shepherd appears and he speaks to people that are shepherding, people that are pastoring, people that are caring for the flock of God, he's saying, he's saying you're going to get the crown of glory that will never fade. This crown of glory will never fade. My, my encouragement to you today is that as you invest, as you invest in prayer, as you invest with finances, as you invest with your service, as you invest in the local church by opening your life and opening your home and giving of yourself to God first and then to the people of God, you will experience the crown that never fades. You'll take hold of this amazing crown of glory that'll never fade. And you'll be part of taking hold of your eternal inheritance in God as you invest in His kingdom. By buying the field, you take hold of more of the kingdom in Jesus' name. Bless you abundantly. Let's pray. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters that we would buy the field, that we'll make the sacrifices, that we'll serve when we need to serve, we'll love when we need to love, we'll care, we'll pray, we'll give when you call us to do so, so that you can be glorified in and through our lives and that we can take hold of that which lasts forever, uh, an inheritance that will last forever, even though moth and rust can destroy you on the earth, thieves can break in and steal, but for eternity we can be with you and we can experience this eternal inheritance in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.